0: What's good everybody? Chris Brooks with you again here on the midstate forty eight. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. I know we did and uh, had a lot of turkey and ate too much and slept and everything, all that stuff, and watched the Lions lose again as usual. So let's bring in Tom and Scott, guys. How was your holiday weekend?
1: Well,
2: not that
0: depressing. Uh,
2: yeah, failing. I didn't very say Depressing, I didn't say
0: depressing. <laughs> it's just it's what it is.
2: Well, yeah, I watched the Titans lose too. So, there you know. so. You took time to watch that. I'm surprised. <laughs> well, I, I did, I
1: did, uh, uh, did kind of s- sleep off. You know, the the tryptophan in the turkey has a purpose. <laughs> mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It gets you through bad football in the NFL for sure. But we're not talking about bad football this week, are we? We've got Blue Cross Bowl championship games to discuss, and we've got several of those from teams under coverage, Jerry, which we'll get to in just a bit. But we want to rewind to the semifinals in Division One first. Scott, I'm going to start with you because you had East Nashville and Dyersburg in the 3A semifinal. The first state appearance for East Nashville after a 20 to seven win. Jamal Stewart, uh, a happy bunch over there at East Nashville for sure.
1: Oh yeah, those uh, those that group of young men were ecstatic after the game. Um, but uh, I will have to tell you the uh, Dyersburg contingent was well represented. Um, we got there. Uh, a, uh, quite a bit before game time and they had already set up and uh, <laughs> were tailgating and, you know, uh, and everything. So the, the game really, uh, you know, really had that playoff atmosphere in, uh, you know, full stands, and everything. Um, but really the story was, as it's been all year, it's the East Nashville defense. Um, those kids up front, uh, they did a tremendous job uh, stopping that Dyersburg run. Um, you know, the the linebackers for uh, I think Pointer uh, was one of them. I think uh, uh, they did a tremendous job shutting down the Dyersburg, uh, Dyersburg offense. And, you know, what can you say about a Marion Ford? Uh, did a tremendous job moving the ball 175 yards and, you know, just played his heart out. Uh, those guys, uh, when it counted down, uh, yeah, Coach Stewart was ecstatic. Uh, those kids, uh, very, very well-deserved, very good season, outstanding season for them. Um, and they're going to re- represent Metro well, I think.
0: Yeah, we certainly expect them to do so. They will face Alcoa in the 3A title game on Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, and we'll get to discuss that more in just a bit um, Another semifinal game we had with Summit in Hendersonville. I was out at Hendersonville first time I've been there in a few years to cover a game there, and not much has changed. Atmosphere's pretty much like I remember it. Um, good playoff atmosphere out there for sure. You know the crowd was packed on both sides. More of a business-like victory for Summit. Uh, Hendersonville defense stopped them early. Uh, they Summit had driven down quickly, very quickly, and got into goal to go on its opening drive, but didn't score. And for a moment, you had to think, like, this could be a ball game. But then some of the second quarter took over and really stifled Hendersonville for the most part. Although Torn Baker did have a good night for Hendersonville, 175 yards on the ground for him as well. A 61-yard touchdown. Hendersonville did move it a bit, but just couldn't get it into the end zone after that one touchdown. Another great night for the Wade brothers, Destin Wade. Keaton Wade, Destin threw one touchdown pass to Keaton, and ran into more himself. And then Brady Pierce finished it off with a touchdown run of his own and summons defense did the job and they were really business as usual for the Spartans. Now a 25 game winning streak heading into the six, a title game against Oakland who went to Maryville and knocked off the rebels 24 14. We'll get into those previews in just a bit. Um, What else maybe stood out to you guys, (laughs) excuse me, What else stood out to you guys from the semifinals from last week?
2: The Page-Henry County score, guys, that, uh, you know, that was a game that we didn't know, you know, would it be a defensive battle, an offensive shootout, and it was offensive shootout and then some 56-52, the final score, and that one, Page, holds on for the win, and, uh, uh, you know, I know they're very excited to make it, to the Blue Cross Bowl there, and uh, uh, they're going to go up against Powell this week. But I can only imagine, guys, what that atmosphere must have been like uh, there at Page last Friday night.
0: Yeah, we got the defensive shootout in the first quarter because that game was scoreless through 12 minutes. And then in the next three quarters, everything broke loose. They go and score 108 total points. Page goes with 35 in the fourth quarter, coming back from 17 down twice in the fourth quarter to steal that one in the final half minute, just an outstanding performance by the Patriots coming back to get to their first blue cross bowl. Um, it looks like one of their players is going to up winning player of the week as well. More about that on our website and our social media later this week. So page the first time appearance for them.
1: So many of them, so many of them scored it. uh, I think we had what three on the, uh, on the player of the week list, it of was uh, four. Four, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, the the what really surprised me, Chris, was uh, the uh, breakdown of the Trousdale County defense uh, late in their game against Hampton. Uh, you go into the fourth uh, quarter, and you're well into the fourth quarter with a two score lead, and you know Trousdale County does something that Trousdale County doesn't often do, which is give up a two score lead in a game. And uh, you know, forty nine seconds left. Hampton gets the uh gets the tying score, hits the two point conversion and and unexpectedly, unexpectedly to all but probably the people in East Tennessee, um, the Yellow Jackets are, are at home this week.
0: Yeah. Um I thought Trialsdown County could have matched up with Westview decently, if not had a decent chance to win the game outright. Um I don't know about Hampton against Westview. We'll pick that game. It's not one that we're covering, but we'll we'll pick it just the same as who you got later on. Uh, Oakland, as usual, they're taking care of business. They go up to Maryville. Now, Maryville had a long home winning streak broken by Oakland last Friday night. But anybody that you talk to from Oakland, they expected to go up there and win that game winning streak or not.
1: Yeah, that uh, I agree, Chris. And I, I think that – uh Unlike other years where, you know, Oakland went up there hoping to win, I think this time the expectation was that they were going to walk out of there uh, victorious and there wasn't any question in those guys' minds. And I think that, truthfully, all year Oakland has been kind of keeping their eye on the prize. Uh, and I think in that in that case, Merville was just another another obstacle they had to overcome.
0: Before we move on, I want to take a moment to get some thoughts from Summit Head Coach Brian Coleman and offensive lineman Cooper Coke after their win over Henry Sevilla. And we'll talk about that right now.
3: What a night, fun night, great night. Yeah, Uh, I think defense, once we figured out the speed of their their game, I mean, 25 and 10 are really, really fast. They cut it up and hit vertical. I think once we figured that out, you know, they had to hit that big play. Uh, Defense did a good job settling in, I think. I look
0: at the play right at the end of the half as a turning point because if Hendersonville scores there and gets the ball at
3: the start of the second half, yeah, that's, it's a far different game. That's two different possessions. Yeah, we kind of expected a field goal, cut it to 20 to 10, come out in, I guess a wildcat type thing and our kids are ready for it, batted it down. I mean, this group's been through a lot, a lot of big games. They've, they've come out on the other side pretty much every time. So now you got one more. How you feeling going to Chattanooga? All he wants a shot, just a shot at it. That's what they. That's what we. That's what we've earned to get there. So it'll be fun. We talked about this yesterday about Brady being able to get open for the big play. He had a couple of those at the end of the night. I mean, third and eight, third. I think it was maybe it was that early fourth quarter, maybe. We spread it out, man-to-man coverage. He beat his man. Should have been a flag. Made the catch. I mean, everybody. In, I think everybody in the stadium knew it was coming. He, we still completed. So I mean, we look at Destin. Destin, if Brady's got the matchup, we want just try it, and we did. And And like, he always comes up to a big play. Yeah. So next week, I mean, what's it going to be like now as you guys have gone
0: through a couple of state championship weeks in preparation for practice. Yeah, I think it'll
3: be fun. I mean, these guys, (laughs) they're used to it. You know, third one, different, you know, now it's in Chattanooga, so a different scene, I guess. And now it's on Saturday night, which is a little different too. So, uh, you know, we'll adapt. We'll, We'll figure it out, practice schedule and stuff like that. but. Just happy for the opportunity. They've earned it. Do you feel like the extra day will help you guys? I hope so. Yeah, especially with all the things Oakland does offensively. Uh, you know, they're very multiple. Great running back, great receiver. So uh, it'll be fun. All right. Coach, congratulations. We'll see you in Chattanooga. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. How much fun is this group
0: having right now?
4: Oh, we're having so much fun. It's just amazing to block for Dustin Keaton and then just having us five playing with each other for most of our lives is just so much fun like we know each other and it's fun blocking
0: you guys have been in so many big games over the last couple of years this one was just another one of them how much fun is how much, how good is this group in these big games
4: um, we we just know what we have to do and when it comes down to the moment we do our job and we all know that we have to we just know that our block's important on that play and every buck on every play is important. And we just know we got to do it, and we push through and just drive down the field. In this
0: playoff run, you guys have gotten everybody's best shot, and Hendersonville gave y'all their best shot tonight. Um, knowing who you're going to have to go up against next week, what do you expect when you get to go up against against Oakland and Chattanooga? Um, we're
4: going to get their best, but we're also going to give our best, and we want to prove to the state that we can be with them and beat them and show that we're the best in the state you
0: now if you guys were to win another gold ball going from 5a to 6a in one year doing that how impressive would that really say about you guys
4: uh that just shows how great we've like improved and how good that we're like not just our two players are they're great players but our whole team is amazingly great and it's just amazing how well we've worked throughout all four years. Like, we've worked our butts off, and it's shown. All right.
0: Really, when you talk to Cooper, he's kind of understating, like, the rest of that offensive line, they're quietly doing their job. They don't; They're not bombastic. They go about their business. And it really kind of speaks to how good they've been and how quietly good that offensive line has been.
1: Very much workmanlike, I think. Uh, you know, they are definitely lunch pail guys, blue collar guys. Um, you know, and you know Cooper's a heck of an offensive lineman. I'm sure he's getting some looks at some, uh, you know, from some programs. If he's not, he should be, um, because you know, as, as much as you know, as everybody knows, you know, one or two players don't make a team.
0: Yep. Back to the Mid-State 48 in just a moment. This is 615 Preps Mid-State 48. Stay with us. We're back in a bit. Back here on the Mid-State 48, the Blue Cross Bowl Preview Editions. time to talk championship week in Chattanooga. We've got six of them from our coverage area. So let's start with the first one on Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern with CPA and Lipscomb Academy in the Division II Class AA Championship game, a rematch of their October 22nd meeting that did not go well for CPA. Lipscomb Academy won it 38 to nothing. These two teams have met in the championship game last year, and Lipscomb Academy won the regular season, meaning CPA won the blue cross ball. The Lions hope for the same outcome this time around, but they've got a little bit more of a gap to make up this time.
1: Yeah, I, I think that uh, they. You know, CPA is going to come in with a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. I don't know how much that means against Lipscomb Academy because they've had one on there since the last Blue Cross Bowl. Um, you know, both teams have you know have strengths and weaknesses. I think uh, you look at the strength of CPA; it's experienced. They've been here before and they've won this before. You know, they don't have that pressure. Um, you know, they have a good offensive line size, but you look at their weaknesses. Um, you know, they had a propensity to turn the ball over. Uh, I don't think they're that they have quite the speed that, uh, Lipscomb has, but you look at Lipscomb Academy, you know, they have that quick strike capability. They're hungry. You know, this is one of those games that, you know, it could either get out of hand early or it could just be a knockdown drag out fight. And, uh, I think CPA just wants this to be a low scoring game. I think they want to control tempo. I won't think they want to, you know, if it's a track meet, I think it's in in Lipscomb's favor. Uh, Honestly, if, you know, if they do get behind, they can't panic. And the bottom line, I think, is that they, they, and oh gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think they have to focus on stopping Alex Broom and force Luther Richardson to beat you, which, is not hard, <laughs> he's good, he's <laughs> yep. real good, yeah. But I mean, if you have to pick your poison, last time broom killed him, mm-hmm. yep. So if you have to pick your poison, then you know, go after you know, you know, keep an eye on broom and force Richardson to throw the ball. Maybe you get a turnover, maybe you get uh, you know, something, uh, you know, make him drive the ball and. I, again, I think that's just a very, very tall task.
0: Yeah, the crazy stat from that first game was that Luther Richardson had not thrown an interception until that CPA game on October 22nd. That was his first one of the year.
2: Guys, I, I, I tell you what, I'm a I'm a fan of the old-time heavyweight boxing, and this that's what this game reminds me of. You've got a contrast in styles here. You know, you talk about stopping Alex Broom. It's virtually impossible to stop him or Richardson, The best way is to keep them off the field, and I think CPA wants to slow this game down, not slow it down in terms of time, but slow it down in terms of keeping them off the field. Don't let them get in this tempo. Keep the tempo where they want it, which is, you know, grounding out, offensive drives, keeping that offense on the sideline. You know, you've got the slow plotting type team. CPA is not slow by any means, but you know what I'm talking about. And then they want to slow tempo down. Then you've got the speedster over there with Lipscomb Academy. I think whoever dictates the tempo of this game is going to win it. But I think a big, big key for CPA, and it was a problem in the first game, they've got to take care of the football. They cannot have turnovers. Any and every turnover they have uh, in this game is going to, you know, really hinder their chances, I think, to beat Lipscomb Academy.
0: Um, I think you just hit on something, too, that I want to make a point of. Lipscomb Academy does not play a lot of two-way football. Those players basically only play one side of the ball. So Mm -hmm. if you can control the clock and wear their defense down and really get into the depth of their defense, that may be where CPA has a shot to win this if they can just keep clean football. The penalties can't happen. They had some of those in the first game. The turnovers certainly can't happen. And they've got to link in some possessions. I mean, we're talking four, five, six-minute possessions to keep Lipscomb Academy and force them to bring in some subs on defense, which is not something they would necessarily want to do. That's a big deal there. Um, Okay, so we're talking about CPA basically being the underdog here. Really, I threw my two cents in. What do you guys think? How can they win this game on Thursday?
1: Well, I mean, I think Tom nailed it on the head. Can't turn the ball over. Got to control the tempo. Uh, You know, force. You know, the, the old adage in basketball works here too. Is that you? You work on defense. You rest on offense. So, you've got to keep. You know, keep your defense off the field, keep it fresh. You, you know, Langston Patterson doesn't have to handle the ball every down on offense, but he's got to be fresh on defense. And the same thing goes with Reed Williford and those guys, right? Uh, you've, guys, you've got to keep those guys, uh, you got to keep those guys fresh. And I think that that's go, will go a long way. And you can't let Lipscomb get ahead more than one score. Yeah, I absolutely. think if. I think if Lipscomb gets up two scores, they're going to put their foot on the gas the whole game.
2: I agree with that. And I I think third down is going to be big for the CPA defense. They've got to get off the field on third downs. If they can especially put Lipscomb in some third and long situations coming up in this game, get them off the field. You know, there's going to be a lot of focus on CPA. Again, if you're going to try to ground it out on offense and keep the ball out of their hands, when you're out there on defense, you've got to take it out of their hands as much as possible. And again, uh, if you can get them in some third down, third and five, third and ten and or longer situations, get them off the field as quickly as you can.
0: Yeah, that really kind of screams Cade Law being the X-Factor in this ball game because he may have to keep the ball in his hands a lot just to take some pressure off of Langston Patterson and the rest of that offense. He may have to do a lot of running. And I could see him getting 15, 20 carries easily in this game.
1: Oh, he'll have to, I think, to to for this game to to go in their favor.
0: Yep. Let's move on to the middle game on Thursday, Was we have DCA and Nashville Christian, another rematch of a regular season, meaning this one was low scoring as DCA had a 7-3 to win in Week 11. And these two teams have kind of been on a collision course since then. They're kind of mirror images of each other. Defensively, they're very strong. Offensively, they can score a lot of points, but against each other, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah,
2: and I tell you, this is one of my favorite matchups, guys. Just because of that, I think this will be a defensive battle. It may not be seven to three like it was before. You know, anything can can certainly happen in a championship caliber game. But uh, these two teams have both been playing exceptional defensive football right now, and uh, I just look for that to continue. I think it'll be a good smash mouth football game. This is one of the hardest ones. I know we'll get to the picks in a bit uh, for me because I just I like both of these teams, and I think they're about evenly matched.
1: Yeah, I, I think that once again uh, in the fr- you know, we had a situation in the first game where NCS just turned the ball over quite a bit, uh, couldn't quite get to the end zone. Um, uh, had to settle for the field goal when they had a chance to uh, to you know to get in the end zone. They can't do that again. Um, I think that you know defensively, uh, DCA is very very strong and defensively and well they're really strong on both sides of the ball but both both of them are I, mm-hmm. I agree with you chris i mean these are about as evenly matched teams as you could you know we could see this matchup coming weeks in, in advance mm-hmm. we we knew that this was you know barring something crazy that these were the two best teams to get here um so yeah. Again, you look at a DCA with a strengthened, uh, you know, quarterback play. Uh, their offensive line—they've got a good senior group, so they've got experience. Um, you know, and with uh, Nashville Christian, the intangibles, special teams. This team can run kicks back. This team can run punts back. Josh Strickland is a nightmare with the ball for teams that play against him.
0: Give me one key for each team as far as winning this game. Who, who needs to really step up and, and be a, that X factor for each side?
1: Well, it's got to be Josh Strickland for uh, for Nashville Christian. I think he's got to uh, make a play on special teams. I think field position plays a factor in this game, and he can flip a field with on, on, the, on a kick return uh, or on punt return. I think he can flip the field. On the other side of the ball, I think Bradford Gaines. I think he has to have a good game. Because I think that Nashville Christians run defense is stout. I think they can they can stop the run if Bradford Gaines can get the ball going and and keep uh, and keep the Eagles on their on their heels. I think they stand a really good chance of winning this game.
2: You know, Scott, you mentioned special teams, and uh, in a game this closely matched between two teams like this that have good defenses one big special teams play like that could be the difference in the ball game so yeah both teams i think need to be very disciplined uh on that side of the ball and uh, uh something we've talked about through the course of the year i think we've seen more and more emphasis as the years have gone on on special teams and just for that reason you get a game like this and a big kick return or punt return might just change the whole ebb and flow and momentum of this football game
0: yep and that kind of goes to one of my points i want to make about that first game in Nashville Christian like you said Scott was in position to punch one in and they took a short field goal instead of going for the tie. And it ultimately cost them because they didn't get another shot at the end zone. Those are going to be few and far between here. If you get a chance to score, you better take your shot. And especially with the way these defenses have played. So that should be a fascinating ball game in the middle of that three game set on Thursday. As we get into the night cap with NBA McCauley, again, another rematch, another close game. Uh, NBA lost the first one 34 31 at home in September McCauley has been rolling most of the teams they played this year NBA since that one and three start they've won eight in a row and their defense has been lights out
1: yeah it's going to uh it's, it's going to be a challenge for NBA's defense though this week uh, they're seeing a passing game that they've not seen before and well, they have seen before in McCauley. they get to see again. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Potts, uh, you know, uh, uh I'm sorry. I, I was all the way on pal. Sorry. Uh, wrong, wrong, uh, game.
0: Uh, William Riddle. Already, I can tell you. <laughs> Dude, what? You're looking to Friday already. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I am. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. William Riddle, uh, 2,800 yards passing. Um, it's right here on my screen. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'd only read my own notes, um, you know, Xavier uh and I'm gonna butcher this Gyarditz, uh, you know, twelve hundred yards, he's got 17 touchdowns. Um, but I think that NBA has uh, this time around, they they have kind of got themselves straightened out. And I think their defense like you said Chris their defense is just playing very very well and I think that they've also learned how to win when their offense isn't scoring just loads of points um, they they know how to control the tempo they know how uh, you know their their offense is playing within themselves and I think that uh, you know it's going to be a different game this time around maybe the same result but I think it'll be a different game
2: yeah, and I think that just like you said, you know, NBA is going to have to count on defense and against a very potent Macaulay offense. But uh, Macaulay's no slouch themselves on defense. Let's not forget they only gave up seven uh, to Pope Prep in the semifinal. So th- this is a good defensive team as well. And uh, it, it may be, again, controlling that tempo. Scott, you said it best. Just, uh, you know, can can NBA keep that uh, high power Macaulay offense at bay, keep them off the field? Um, of course, it was a shootout last time NBA hung right back in there. But will it be a different story? Will we see more defense this time? We'll just have to find out.
0: And really a de facto home game for McCauley. They're four miles from the stadium on their campus. So, you know, there's going to be some sort of hometown edge for them with that home crowd backing them on Thursday. Now, NBA, remember two years ago in the championship game, Marcel Reed started as a freshman. He kind of admitted he had a little was a little bit shell-shocked in that first game. He won't be this time. So that's one big thing going for NBA in this championship game. Should be another good one. Division two games all have fascinating storylines on Thursday, but that's we don't stop there. Let's go to the five a, or the three a championship game. We talked about East Nashville and their win over Dyersburg in the semifinal. Now Alcoa is their final roadblock. We know about Alcoa; they've won six straight state titles, and you know, seemingly every year they're there. They're nineteen and two all time in state championship games. Let that stat set in for just a second. 19 and 19-2 all-time in championship games. That's how many state titles they've won. So a lot of history of going up against East Nashville in this particular matchup. But as a first-time participant, why not just throw caution to the wind and see what sticks?
1: Will you talk about throwing caution to the wind. Let me, expl- let me tell you something that happened in the game the other night. Fourth down and 18 near midfield, but on their side of the field. And Jamal Stewart rolls the dice. And gets 19 yards on a pass play. I mean, that's what you're dealing with here. These guys, you know, East Nashville, they play, uh, you know, just athletic ball, and they, they, you know, they. I'm not gonna say they don't care, but they play with, with just kind of reckless abandon, you know. And I think if uh, if any team can take down Alcoa. It might be a team that plays like that, that doesn't play conventional, um, but has a good a good defense. That being said, Alcoa is you know Alcoa is Alcoa. <laughs> you know they you know they they have that many wins for a reason. They have you know one of the be- a, a legendary coach uh, that has you know got that program you know dialed in. Um, you know they've allowed twelve points in three playoff games. You know, they're going for their seventh in a row. (laughs) This game's not going to be too big for them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again, you know, East Nashville, um, you know, they have to be able to throw the ball. I think that that's going to be – Zach Beard is going to be a key in this game. He and Willie Wilson are going to have to get behind the Alcoa defense. They're going to have to hit a couple of those big hits to back the linebackers up off – of the line so ford can get some room because if he can if he can get to that second level ford can do some damage uh i think that they are going to have to throw the ball early i think they're going to have to throw it often
2: guys uh, you know i look at this and uh east nashville coming into this they've never advanced beyond the second round I think before this season all the pressure here is on Alcoa every ounce of the pressure is on Alcoa everybody expects Alcoa most likely to win this game six-time defending state champions you know will the streak end? I mean one thing I question does winning ever become boring for most people you don't think so but uh, when you've won so much do you kind of let your guard down you wonder that about Alcoa I don't think that will be the case, but I think all the pressure is on the tornadoes, and I think East Nashville could go out there as long as they don't get sloppy. Scott, like you said, unconventional. It's going to take some unconventional in order to catch Alcoa kind of off guard, and very few teams uh, are able to do that with this tornado team, but I think East Nashville's got the talent to make this a ball game, and I think these kids just go out there, have some fun, play some disciplined football, see what happens, and uh, they may find themselves in this thing in the fourth quarter.
0: You, you hit on one of my keys to this game for East Nashville, and that's the discipline factor here. Uh, you cannot get behind the sticks with false start penalties or procedure fouls and stuff like that. Yep. You've got to be able to play within yourself and you know not do those things that get you behind the sticks and put you in bad situations. East Nashville could come out here, if they can hit a big play right away and kind of just get Alcoa back on their heels, who knows? Yeah. Um, well,
1: one area they're going to have to improve on. I know this is something that coach is looking at is their punting game. Uh, Their punting game is not good. Um, They uh, the other night, they, you know, they hit some shanked, a couple of punts, uh, hit a couple short, Um, you know, the, the punter uh, didn't think he could get one off and got caught behind the line on fourth down, tried to fake it. Um, They've got to get that solved, but I think that it was a key this week. Um, of going back to that drawing board. That's the one place I think special teams, uh, it may be a place that Alcoa can hurt them. If they can get that cleaned up, that'll go a long way to not providing Alcoa with short fields.
0: Yep. Should be an interesting game to kick us off on Friday. And, then we, and the nightcap on Friday is another first-time participant in Page going up against Powell from Knoxville. Page 13 and 1, Powell 12 and 2. Both teams enter on a five-game winning streak, and they've been very, very good in the postseason. Of course, we talked about Pages' big comeback earlier in the show. Now, this factor, this fact, could be a, a really, really big shootout between these quarterbacks when you have Jake McNamara and Jordan Potts throwing it around.
1: Yeah, can I talk about Potts now? You can. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was going to yield time to Tom. Tom, you want to start with this one?
2: Well, I I love this uh, quarterback matchup, and uh, I I know you've got more statistics than I will, Scott. But uh, Jake McNamara has played so so well this year, guys. He he's just. Uh He's had a fantastic season. And uh, Paige, for that matter, they, they've had a, just a magical run, I think, this year. This is their 14th straight playoff appearance. Uh, they hadn't been to the semifinals even since back in 1998. And I don't think many people had to make it this far, but they've had a wonderful season. For Powell, I think a lot of people had those high expectations for them coming into the season. You know, we mentioned Jordan Potts, but let's not forget uh, Walter Nolan, you know, on both sides of the ball is yep. a massive weapon out there for this Powell team. But uh, I look forward to this being a really, really good and fun game because I, I think uh, especially Page is really just soaking this up and enjoying themselves right now. And they've got the talent, guys, to win this thing. This should be a good ball game.
0: Yeah, the way that they threw it around against Henry County, especially in the fourth quarter, it's going to provide some problems for Powell. They've got to cover everybody
1: it is but the the what were the one thing that concerns me is the offensive line of page has to be able to protect Cade McNamara and that was one thing that Henry County was able to do was get after Jake most of the most of the game and force him to scramble and not only do they have Walter Nolan but they've got Stephen Souls 62 212 defensive end who has 16 sacks on the season of course you know, if you have Walter Nolan, a defensive tackle, that's going to free you up to get to the quarterback. So, I think the key to this game is going to be Ethan Cunningham. Actually, I think they've got to be able to establish the run and and take some pressure off of uh, Cade to allow him to take shots when when they are, uh, you know, when uh, when the uh, defense is up. So they can get their the the wide receivers back behind and loosen up that defense. I think that's going to be a big a big factor is how well the page offensive line can hold up and protect Jake McNamara.
0: Yep, should be fun. I mean that that's one of those games that uh, has the potential to be go a lot of different ways. Honestly, just in how these two teams play, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So yeah, could be a really fun way to end us on Friday. And now we get to the big one they cap us off Saturday night summit in Oakland, seven Eastern on Saturday, first meeting between the two teams. And both of these sides wanted it. A lot of people have wanted to see this match up and it's going to happen. You know, Oakland 29 in a row, trying to go back to back in six, A. summit, 25 in a row, trying to win their second straight title in the first and a sick in the new class in six, so, oh, well, a, oh something's got to give here.
1: Well, Chris, first of all uh you know, you, you uh, earned the uh uh the forecaster award or the you know I don't know what we call you now guru uh this was the championship game you foresaw when the you know you didn't necessarily think summit would may win the win the region but you do you felt like they would be in this position so i mean why don't you tell us a little bit of what you think that you seen this game
0: you know I my mind kind of gotten a little bit more in summons corner after they beat Ravenwood the first time because they were just not going to be intimidated by anybody and they've kind of steamrolled everybody and you look at the average margin of victory 27 and a half points they have not been in a one possession game all year long brentwood was a 13 point game and the second game was an 18 point game they've beaten everybody else by 20 or more so they've just gone about their business like they did at hendersonville the way the summit team is operated is as they go out there and they do the job. And a lot like Oakland, Oakland's been the same way. These two teams have the same mentality when it comes to going about their business on the field. And we've got you know some outstanding talent on both sides of the ball. The weights for summit, Brady Pierce, Cooper Coke we talked to earlier. And for Oakland, you got Jordan James, Antonio Patterson, Isaiah Horton. Now there's no shortage of talent on both sides. So this could be one of these games that it comes down to who has the ball last. And for me, it's who it's who makes the mistake that will lose this game.
1: I, you know, I couldn't have said it. Well, I would take credit for it, but I, <laughs> I could have said it better. I think that you hit you know most of the points there. I think uh, field position is going to be a key. So I think the special teams is going to be the key in this game. Um, who can make returns, who can, uh, who can punt down the ball for uh, uh, Both coaches have the idea defensively to make you drive the field because it's hard to sustain a drive in high school. You're going to make a mistake. That's, that's their plan. You know, it's has don't break until you make a mistake. Ooh, that sounded good. Um <laughs> <laughs> And I, I agree. I think that you couldn't find uh, two more evenly matched uh, mentalities here. Yeah. Um, you know, for for good, for better or worse, I think that both these coaches are kind of cut their programs from the same mold.
2: Yeah, a lot of interesting. When I look down reading this, just so many <laughs> statistics that are just so closely related. Uh, again, a mere reflection. One thing that, I, that really stands out, guys to me in this summit moving up from 5a to 6a and uh, I I saw them picked as low as fourth in their region and it's just like they've been on you talk about a blue collar mentality it's been like a mission for them since the beginning of the season I I think they were written off early and they have just gone out and taken care of business week after week they played sound fundamental football and they've won convincingly. You see it there, 27.5 points per game, average margin of victory. They've taken care of business against all comers this year, and they came into this season knowing that Hey, Oakland's king of the mountain when it comes to Class 6A. They've been climbing and climbing this mountain, and here they are at the top. I don't think Summit is going to be awestruck when they get out on the field to take on Oakland this week. I think they're ready to take on the king of the mountain, and and uh, if they continue to approach and they approach this game the way they've approached every other game this year, boys, they're going to give they're going to give Oakland everything and possibly more.
0: There's one player for Oakland that I want to throw out there. That we did mention it's Eric Taylor, and he's been a stalwart on defense for them all year long. He's one of those that can make a big play at a big time. When we talked about those close games, they played against C- uh, CPA and Lipscomb Academy. He was right there in on, on those plays at the end of the game. He, he's one of those players that you don't see a whole lot of, but he makes an impact when it counts. So look for him to have a big night.
1: I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to ask who you thought uh, would be an impact player in that game. And, I think I'm going to put one out there. I think Isaiah Horton, but not in the way you think. I think Isaiah Horton on defense is going to uh, be a difference maker. Um, If he can, if he can force, uh, if he can, if they can focus on forcing Destin Wade to stay in the pocket, but he can shut down uh, Brady Pierce on the outside, then they have a chance to do something that nobody else has done, which is, uh, you know, shut down some offense, which is virtually unheard of.
0: Here's another one for Summit. Brandon King. He's a secondary option for Destin Wade. Everybody's going to be focused on Brady Pierce. Brandon King can get open as well and make some things happen with the ball in his hand. So he may have to make a couple of big catches and, and extend some drives with them. Yeah. So oh, we're down to it. We got to pick some winners. So we'll do that. And who you got after this? We are the Mid-State 48 powered by 615 preps. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Mid-State 48. For the final time this season, it's time for us to pick some winners. It's who you got.
1: Done wrong. You said pick
0: winners. Ah, uh, well, now. God, <laughs> right, come on. It's something that Tom has done very well this year, as you see the standings on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. 115 of 37. Nothing short of um, something going bonkers with the fans will – knock him off the throne for this season. So, uh, Tom, congratulations in advance.
2: Thank you. Very, very lucky have I been throughout the course of this season. The coin flip has worked exceptionally well. (laughs) Okay. Now we see the method.
0: I'm going to find that 2 Is it it Mm. (laughs) two-headed? It makes me wonder. All right. For our full season picks, let's just go ahead and throw these up one more time. Nine games to go. We'll be at six fifty for the season once this one's over. Um yeah, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna talk about this because this one's over. So
2: I'll be happy just to get to five hundred wins if I can get to that. I'd be taken with that.
0: That's that's a good number. That's a good number <laughs> oh, yeah. to shoot for for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, I I went I went in last week trying to
1: pick some upsets so I could maybe just catch up and
0: Yeah. And- uh, we're, we're, throw, we're throwing caution in the wind with some of these picks last week. Uh, <laughs> well, everybody got South Pitt over Cloudland in the 1A semifinals. Uh, we were split on Peabody McKenzie. We were split on Westview Riverside. We all had Alcoa over Giles County. Uh, Drake and Reggie missed Upperman against Elizabeth, and although that one was closed for a while, uh, Scott, you missed Haywood on Tullahoma. Sorry, I had to point that out. We all missed Gilesville <laughs> County against Hampton. And then a couple more that everybody missed on the way out. So, yeah. still a good week for most everybody. So, let's dive into first off the games that are not in our cover. Jerry, we did pick those anyway. South Pittsburgh and McKenzie were kind of split there. Uh, the three of us are taking McKenzie over South Pittsburgh. Drake and Reggie are on. Or I said the three of us are taking McKenzie. Drake and Reggie are taking South Pittsburgh. Make sure that I'm clear there.
4: <laughs>
0: in 4A, Elizabeth and against Tullahoma. Scott, you, and Reggie, and myself, we have Elizabethan, Tom, and Drake are on Tullahoma this week. And Hampton and Westview, Reggie thinks Hampton may pull that upset, and everybody else has Westview. So, with those out of the way, let's get into the ones that count for us. Starting with CPA Lipscomb Academy on Thursday, and Reggie is going for it with CPA. The rest of us have Lipscomb Academy. So, final thoughts Reggie on likes that. that
2: limbs sometimes. He's a cat. He likes limbs, so he likes to get <laughs> out there and <laughs> do his yeah. kitty thing. You know. put <laughs> I mean,
0: two and two together. I was wondering if anybody would this year. Just figured it out. it took, it took it sixteen took 15 weeks. Fifteen
2: weeks, guys. That's all. <laughs>
0: DCA and Nashville Christian. Reggie on the uh, limb again. <laughs> Nashville Christian. <laughs> Everybody else going with DCA. Reggie Reggie is bound and determined to take the Told you So title for this year. I think he's already got it anyway. So
1: Yeah. I, and to, to tell you the truth, I was really close on this one.
0: Uh, oh yeah. This was the this was the closest game for me to pick right here. Just me because too. we're so even. Right. Yeah. But uh, I lean DCA just a little bit based on what I saw in the first game. NBA and Macaulay and Thursday's nightcap. Tom and Reggie have Macaulay. The rest of us are going with NBA to avenge their earlier loss.
2: Well, you know, my name is Tom, which is, you know, Tom Cat. So I'm out on the limb this time, too. So <laughs> here
0: we go. There we go. Diving into Friday's game, first 3A, East Nashville out Alcoa. We've all taken Alcoa. Reggie's not going down on a limb there. Uh, smart cap. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> Page and Powell in 5A. Drake is going down on the limit with Paige, and the rest of us have Powell. Well, I could see this one being very, very close. For sure.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think this will be a shootout, but but in the end, I, I think Powell's defense just is that little extra, gives them that little extra edge.
0: Yeah. And that brings us to six A with Summit and Oakland. Waiting for our picks to come up. There they are. We've all got Oakland, except we need to see Reggie's pick. Now, before we do that, I wanted to bring up his picks of the re- earlier in the year. These video picks we've done every week, he's 9-6 this year. So, not bad for a rookie at this. No. So for the last time this year, let's see who Reggie decides to take.
1: And we are waiting the final pick from Reggie. For this year, the 2021 season Blue Cross Bowl between Oakland and Summit. And I don't know which one either of these are, but he has taken the one on the left. So let's see who Reggie has chosen. Reggie has chosen the Spartans of Summit High School. There you have it, Reggie.
2: Good job. Now he's going to go back and pick Oakland. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what if he's trying to tell us something with that one? Uh, I don't know, despite. but uh, Reggie, Reggie's taking Summit in this one. And he was pretty. He was pretty quick about it too.
1: He was. He was decisive. More decisive <laughs> nice than I was trying to pick this game.
0: Nice job throwing in the little suspense by not knowing which two they were. So,
1: yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to influence anything. Uh, all year, I've tried to make sure that uh, they were indeed Reggie's picks and not mine.
0: Yeah, which so. is why we put them on video. So, right. Well, so let's see. So he's going for a 10-win season on his video picks this year. If Summit wins, he'll get there. So those are our picks for the six Blue Cross Bowl championship games in our coverage area. It's going to be a fun week. we to be down there in Chattanooga. We'll get down there on Wednesday and uh, take in some food. And uh, By the way, if, if you haven't gone to 615preps.com and seen our city intel guide, do that. It will tell you where to go and what to eat and or not what the aging you can do that on your own you don't, you don't help <laughs> well, uh,
1: and I'm looking forward to seeing some feedback uh, and some ideas from people in the know that uh, have been to some places that weren't recommended to
0: us. Yep. Cause we are going down there next year as well. So yep. better, better go ahead and take them, take them in while we can. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for our picks for 2021. And um, should be a fun week, but, uh, one last look at those before we take them off the screen. And now, let's get one last word in before we head out. Give me one word. Give me. Give me one quick thought on what you want to see out of this weekend.
1: Competition. I want to see competitive games. Uh, I, I want to see teams that are. Yeah, I, I want to see games go down to the fourth quarter, if at all possible. Um, so really just some good competition to where everybody feels good about where they, I mean, not everybody can win, but if you can walk out of that stadium knowing you left everything on that field, then you have nothing to hang your head on uh, because you have done, uh, you have reached the mountaintop. You just didn't get to stay there for, you know, for, for longer than four quarters.
2: I I guess my word would be normalcy. I want to see good competition obviously between good teams and I think that's to be expected with the teams that are there this year. But let's see those fans out there pulling for their teams. Let's you know, let's let's have that electric atmosphere that really makes high school football the the fans there cheering on their hometown teams and such as that. And uh you know, we've had so much in the last couple of years with COVID and everything. So many things that have just um you know, ravage the sports world, so to speak. And uh, hopefully, this weekend, we won't see that. We'll, we'll, we'll see the fun, the fellowship, everybody getting there just because they love high school football, guys. That's what makes high school football so great. No money involved, none of that stuff. It's just for the fun of the game. I hope it's a fantastic weekend in Chattanooga.
0: I'm going to take a little bit about what both of you said and, and look at it this way. This is our first time going to Chattanooga for this Blue Cross Bowl. And I want to see it justified because it was a controversial pick to go to Chattanooga for these championship games. And there were some real worries about who would go down there and how big the crowds would be. So yeah, Tom is right on as far as the, the normalcy. I want to see those big crowds out there, people going down nine 24 to support their teams. We don't want to see empty stands. I mean, it's a bigger venue than Tucker stadium and Cookville was. So it's going to be a challenge to, to fill it to enough where it's going to look decent on TV. And I'm concerned that we may not get those big crowds because of the venue and how far teams have to go. So I, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that with some good weather in the forecast, people will be encouraged to go out and, and support these kids because we want to see a big finish. And that's my word for this particular show, Big Finish, because that Summit Oakland game on Saturday night, it's the biggest way to finish a, a fun and a fantastic football season. And I hope we get it done the right way with a great game. With a great game. And a close finish. That's what that's what I'm hopeful for for the Blue Cross Bowl this championship weekend. And thank you for hanging with us all year long. We will come back next week to recap the Blue Cross Bowl and the Mr. Football Awards. So our show will go a day later than usual because of those Mr. Football Awards being on Tuesday. We will talk to you next Wednesday on the midstate forty eight. For Tom, for Scott, I'm Chris. This is the Midstate 48, powered by 615 Preps. Make sure you follow us on social media, rate it, review it, subscribe it on YouTube, like everything we do because, honestly, we want to stick around. So enjoy the games, enjoy the championship week, and we will talk to you next week. So long, everybody. The Midstate 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B Squared Media, LLC.